You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Will arise, death is defeated, 
fountain where I run The fountain I drink from Oh, is my song Let the king of my heart Be the shadow where I hide The ransom for my life Oh, is my song Cause you are good You're good
I want to start out uh, my message by uh, just kind of reflecting or maybe doing introspect on what's going on around us in our world. Uh, there is so much, uh, so much talk about social injustice and, and so, much, uh, uh, so many emotions, uh, sometimes very negative uh, emotions and uh, hatred. Uh, what's happened uh, with George Floyd has really uh, sparked uh, immense tension all over, all over our country. And I'm, I'm just reminded of, of my life and thinking about how um, things happen that, that, that kind of take you back and you think about uh, who we are as people. Um, I, was, I was driving up and I, and I, and I thought about, I thought about a, a dear friend of mine. Uh, his name's Billy, and he came from mainland China uh, when he was in the eighth grade, and he spoke no English at all. Came to uh, uh, Lordsburg, New Mexico, of all places, and as he uh, got to the, the, the middle school where uh, we became, became friends, uh, the first day he got there, I remember all of the ridicule that he received. He couldn't talk, couldn't speak any English. He, he uh, had a lot of things against him. And uh, anyways, to make a long story short, we became friends. And, and uh, from, from that, um, we are friends to this day. Uh, Billy owns uh, some restaurants, or he owned restaurants in, t in the Tucson area. And now he owns one, and, and just a wonderful, wonderful guy. But um, I think about how we are as people. You know, I, I can move forward and, and uh, talk about going to college. And w one of my best friends uh, was African-American. He was my roommate, uh, Ken. And uh, we ran track together there in college. And, and we're friends to this day. In fact, uh, uh, we, we, he calls me brother. Not, not brother. He calls me brother, you know. And, and uh, we still stay in contact. And, and there's a great love right there. Um, but I remember in talking to him, uh, him speaking to me about some of the, the things that he had gone through in Michigan. And then, uh, and, and so I think about my own life and, and uh, growing up in, in Lordsburg, New Mexico, born and raised there and, and uh, uh, you know, being Hispanic and being a minority and yet never really feeling like a minority uh, in, a, in a very uh, heavily populated uh, Mexican culture. And, uh, but what I, but what I want to take away from, from my thoughts and my reflection is that uh, I think there is uh, uh, there the possibility of, of prejudice in every culture, in every, in every person, and uh, in, in every society. Uh, in fact, I, I really believe that without Jesus in your life, uh, we all have our prejudices and our biases. Uh, it could be political, it could be social, it could be ethnical, uh, but we all deal with all kinds of different things, and, and the remedy is Jesus. And, and I want you to think about something. Everyone thinks that they're right, and everybody wants to be right to the point of whatever it takes, uh, whether it's looting or, or, or you know, uh, uh, rioting or, um, or, you know, or doing, peace, doing it peacefully. Uh, everyone wants to be right. And I also want to state that, uh, that what happened to George Floyd uh, 
in my opinion, from what I saw, uh, we definitely do not want to approve of anything like that. But at the same time, I think about my, uh, my family and my son-in-law, uh, Hispanic, is a state trooper. And in my opinion, he's a wonderful guy. And so we can't, put, we can't lump in all police officers as being bad, and we can't lump in all uh, whatever race uh, as being bad or good, uh, or we cannot lump in all social classes as being bad or good. Here's, here's what I know for sure is that all of us have a way of being wrong without God. And all of us need Jesus. And so we're going to start a series in, in, in Romans. And in this series, uh, we're going to find uh, some real gems to help us uh, to navigate through these difficult times that we're living in. Uh, these times that, that uh, are not only pandemics, uh, which uh, are really stifling not only our country but our world, uh, moving into uh, racial wars, and those have been around for forever since the fall of man. Uh, and then we come to, to, to where we're at right now and, and what we're going to look at in Scripture. And we're going to see the book of Romans and, and the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome, which deals with the righteousness of God and how God is right and His ways are right. And, and, and we become right with God through Jesus Christ. That's the, the whole theme of this book is how do we get right with God? Because I believe that God is true and all men are found to be liars. We all have a place in us that falls short of the glory of God. And when we hold on to the principles of God and when we grab a hold of His direction for our lives, it's amazing how, how we become a very loving vessel to, to those that are different from us uh, ethnically or those that are different from us socially or those that are different from us uh, uh, politically. We have a way to, to bridge that gap through the, the, the wondrous work of, of Jesus Christ. And so that's where we're at. And I want to start my, my series by, by talking about how do we celebrate good news? Celebrating good news, because the gospel means just that. It means good news. And with all the negativity, with all the pessimism, with all of the yuck and all the ugliness that surrounds us on your news feed, on your phones, or whether you get on one of the uh, t a television and, and, and you watch it through one of the major uh, uh, television uh, cable outlets or you know, what, news outlets, whatever it is, we find so much negativity. How do we celebrate good news? We celebrate it with the gospel. And Romans lays out the gospel better than anything else. Any other book in, in, the, in the New Testament and uh, reveals what we don't see in the Old Testament. John Stott, a great theologian, he said it like this. He said that Romans, it is the fullest, plainest, and grandest statement of the gospel in the New Testament. So if you want to know clearly and plainly how you are made right with God, you'll find it in Romans. And, and Paul wrote this letter to the church in Rome from Corinth. 
in, in Greece. And, and Corinth was sin city of that world and that culture. Before you ever heard what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, uh, there was Corinth. And what happened in Corinth uh, was just immoral. It was just dark. It was, there was all kinds of things that were, were going on. And, and when they would say you living like a Corinthian, it was really never a compliment in those days. It was that you were living a very, uh, a very immoral life, a very dark life, because that was something that they welcomed. And, and here's the thing that I know for sure. Many of us have been there. Notice what I said. Many of us have been there. We've lived like Corinthians. Uh, it, it, it means that we live without morals outside of Christ. Uh, we lived by making dark decisions in dark places. And, and many of us have been there, uh, not in Corinth, but in Lordsburg, New Mexico, or in Oracle, Arizona, or in Kearney, Arizona, or wherever you have lived, all of us have the potential to live a very dark life. And all of us need the light of God, the light of Christ, to regenerate our hearts and our souls and make us vessels that bring glory to His name. And so the Lord used the Apostle Paul and, and, uh, and this, this man who was an enemy of the church. He was the enemy of the way, an enemy of Jesus. And God met him. Jesus Christ met him on, the, on his way to Damascus as he was going to, to go and persecute Christians and, and, and imprison them and even kill them. And turned his, Jesus turned Paul's life around. He said, this is a, he told Ananias, he said, one of, one of his disciples said, go to this Saul who would become Paul because he is a chosen vessel of mine who will testify before uh, Jews and, and, and kings and queens and Gentiles. And he'd become this mighty missionary for the, for the kingdom. But he used Paul to pen this letter to the church in Rome. And it, and it speaks to us today. It, it spoke to them uh, in, the, in the Roman Empire at that time, in the, in the Roman demographic. It spoke to them at that time. But it speaks to us today. It speaks to us in Kearney. It speaks to us in Oracle. It speaks to us in Saddlebrook or in Eagle Crest or in San Manuel. It speaks to wherever you're at, whether you're, you're watching from, from uh, New Mexico or you're watching from New York or you're watching from uh, Nevada, wherever you're God speaks to us today because we have the living word. And when we align ourselves with the Word of God, when we align ourselves and submit ourselves to the living Word of God, He changes our hearts. And we have a whole different outlet. Our lens is different. What's going on around us, for those that are submitted to Christ, we look at things so much differently. We look at it through a heart of love. We look at it through, through there's an answer, there's an antidote to the problems we're facing. And the antidote is Jesus Christ. He's the answer. So um, I, I also think it's important that, that we understand who was the first audience. Who were the ones that were receiving this? Uh, um, who were receiving this good news that, that Paul was, was going to be writing about? Uh, the audience was to Jews, 
religious people. The audience was to Greeks, intellectual people. The Greeks loved intellect. They had the greatest universities of those times. And then they were, he was writing to Romans. Romans loved action. They loved, you know, the Colosseum. They loved, you know, let's feed these people to the lions. Let's have action. <clears throat> let's have a, 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 a brutal way of celebrating. And so those are the, the, the three worldviews as, as we look at this letter that we need to hold on to because it's going to help us to understand how it all comes out and how it plays out. So we're going to go to Romans chapter 1, verse 1 through 6, and we're going to look at how Paul introduces this letter and how he introduces himself. Let me pray a blessing over the word and over every person listening. Father, and thank you, first of all. Thank you for allowing us to come together. Just want to pray your blessing over your word, over your vessel. I'm just that. I'm just a messenger. I pray that I will speak in a way that will honor you and bring glory to you. I, I want to pray for every person listening this morning, every person watching. I pray your immense blessing upon them. Lord, fill them with your love. Fill them with your grace. Lord God, and as we, uh, as we go through this message together, may you, may you reveal yourself in a, very, uh, in a very real way, in a very wonderful way, so that when we leave this uh, setting, this, this watching, this viewing, that we can leave changed or transformed for the glory of God. So Paul starts out and he says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus... Let me just pause right there and, and, and say something. He says, I am a servant of Christ Jesus. I am a slave of Christ. In other words, I am submitted to the lordship of God. And that's very important for everyone watching. Are we submitted to the lordship of God? Because we're all submitted to something. We're either submitted to hate, we're submitted to pride, we're submitted to materialism, or all kinds of things. He says, I am a servant of Christ. Called to be an apostle. He was one that was sent out with authority. That's what an apostle means. You've been sent out with the authority of God. And so he was, he was sent out with this authority. He had the authority of Christ as he went out and reached people. And then he said, set apart. Another word for sanctified. Set apart for the gospel of God which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh. In other words, Jesus came as a man. He came as a physical man, 100% man and yet 100% God. And, and verse 4, And was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. There's a lot of wonderful things to unpack in that, in that opening of, of Paul's letter. And I, I, I selected five reasons that we should celebrate good news. The first reason that we should celebrate good news is because the gospel, which is the good news, the gospel is God's 
good news. Paul, Paul said he was set apart for the gospel of God. That's a profound statement. Have you, have you ever considered that, that this is God's good news? This means that the origin of the gospel is God himself, and because he is eternally consistent, his good news is always consistent in our lives. His good news will not waver when our circumstances change. His good news does not change when people come against us, when we're opposed by, by people in this world, by, by just opposition, or when we have uh, maybe even demonic oppression. His good news does not change because he's God. Paul, later on in this, in this book, and I'm, I'm going to touch on it right now, but we're going to really dig into it as we go into, uh, deeper into Romans uh, later, Paul writes, he says, We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In all things, no matter what you're facing, no matter what the world says, no matter what our circumstances, God is working in all things for the good of those who love him and were called according to his purpose. Everything has a purpose. Everything that we're going through has a purpose. All these things that are happening have a purpose. I believe that people are coming to God in droves. They're going to be coming to God in droves because God's purposes are going to be fulfilled. And right now what we're finding is that we're inadequate in our own selves. What we're finding is that there's hate in us outside of God. We're finding that we need God in our lives. Your life may be going bad. It may be going really bad. But here's what I want you to know. That God is always good. He's always good. And His word for you is going to be good. His goodness never runs out. Even when our circumstances change. And, and, and some people change good. They chase, I'm sorry, they chase after good things. But they chase after temporary things instead of realizing that the good news of God is eternal. Here's the second reason that his good news is, is important to you. The good news is rooted in the living word. You see, this is more than a book. These are the words of God. At Living Word Chapel, our mission is to, is to love and to empower and to transform people through the living word. Because this stays constant. Anyone that's, that's, that's in the word of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, your life is, is continuously changed. It's continuously being transformed. You're continuously receiving the love of God. God speaks a love letter to us every day. And as we, as we hold on to this truth, we understand that, that not only is his word speaking into us, but his word is, is alive. His word is, 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 is bringing substance into our lives. Paul, Paul put it like this. He said, the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures... You see, the, the, the introduction to Romans reminds us that the good news of Jesus is not something that the, that the disciples just made up. They, they, they thought it up in, in themselves, they, that it was something new. It wasn't something new. It was rooted 
in the prophets. It was, it was rooted in, the, in, 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 in Moses' writings. And they prophesied about the day that the Messiah would come and he'd paved the way for our salvation. You see, beloved, it's important for us to grab a hold of that the entire Bible from the Old Testament to the, to the, to the New Testament is, is the love of God and Jesus is the thread that weaves through every part of the word. The religious leaders in Jesus' days, they were blind to what the scriptures really said. Jesus told the religious leaders in uh, John chapter 5, verse 39, he said, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And then he said, and it is they, the scriptures, that bear witness about me. He said, in these scriptures, they, they speak about, about the love of God. They speak about the, the gospel being revealed through Jesus Christ. When he had died and, and, uh, and, and was buried and was resurrected, in his resurrection, he was walking with two of his disciples. He met two of his disciples as they were on their road to Emmaus. And as he revealed himself to them, one of the things that he said, he said, the, 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 the Bible says, then Jesus looked them through the writings Oh, I'm sorry. Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. You see, Paul, as he's, as he's laying out the book of Romans, he knows how important it is for the readers to know that the Old Testament points to the New Testament. And the new brings clarity to the old, and it helps us to, to understand that, that Jesus Christ is a promised Messiah from the old, that he was spoken about in the old, he's concealed in the old, and he's revealed in the new. He's veiled in a lens in the old, but he's unveiled with a clear lens in the new. And so Paul was saying that, that the, the gospel, the good news, is rooted in the living word, and in the scriptures. Number, the third reason that is vital for us to understand the good news of God is the substance of the good news is Jesus. Substance meaning the, the very essence of our good news. Paul, Paul said uh, that he was set apart for the gospel of God concerning his son. Can you, can you tell someone that's, that's sitting in the living room with you, tell someone maybe that you're driving with, or just speak it to yourself, it's all about Jesus. There is no good news without Jesus Christ. Jesus is the living word. He's, he is the logos. He's the very meaning of life. You can't find true meaning in this life outside of Christ. And let me tell you something that is vitally important. Living Word Chapel, Living Word Chapel without Jesus is just another, another building, another, another organization. Any church without the substance of Jesus Christ, without Jesus Christ being the very essence of everything that we do, just becomes a religious service. But because of Jesus and because of the relationship that we have with him, because of how he changes our heart through 
the power of the Holy Spirit, it's good. It's always good. And there may be someone that's listening today and, 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 and you don't have that in your life. You don't have good. You don't have good news. Jesus wants to come and be a part of your life and change your life for the good because he's God and he can. And he's able to take the hate. He's able to take all the, all the negativity, all the pessimism, all the stuff that we're facing on a daily basis. I don't know how people can do it without God. How can you face a negative world where negativity permeates your life, where everything you hear is negative? How can you do that without the goodness of God flowing and filtering and cleansing us from all the negativity that's out there? Maybe you're here Maybe you're listening and, and, and God is speaking to you and, he, and he's saying it's Jesus that's going to bring the good news. Today's the day that you welcome him into your life and let him take over and I guarantee you that it will be good. Here's the fourth reason that we need good news. The scope of the good news is the nation's. All I'm doing is I'm extracting what's in, in, in his introduction. What's in Paul's introduction? The scope of the good news is the nation. Scope meaning the magnitude of the good news. Or, or how far is the reach of the good news? What I know to be true is that God's heart is for the world. God's heart is to bring good news to Kearney. God's heart is to bring good news to, to Oracle. God's heart is to bring good news to Sam Manuel. God's heart is to bring good news to every place that we will go. It's for the world. Paul wrote, we have received grace. Grace is something you don't deserve. It's something you don't earn. We have received grace. We have received an apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. <clears throat> and it teaches me that while humanity, humanity is interested in certain races and certain biases that we have, certain prejudices that we have, and we all have them outside of God. We all have these different uh, uh, walls that we put up outside of God. They are dividing walls, and you see dividing walls everywhere. You know, I remember growing up in, in, in again, in Lordsburg, New Mexico. I was raised in Chinatown. The, the, the track split the community. It split the town, and, and across the track, we used to call it Barros Bravos, where all the dogs were, were mean. The, the more affluent people lived in, in Barros Bravos, and, and when we would go and borrow fruits, borrow uh, peaches from the trees, in the homes, you know, borrow. We, we never stole them. We borrowed them and tasted them. We were the taste approvers. And we'd go and we'd cross. Though they had some real mean dogs, but we'd run across the tracks back to Chinatown. But there was, there was barriers. There was biases that were there. You know, some people align themselves with the far right. And they, they, they say, we're, we're, we, we align themselves. And some people align themselves with the far left politically. And they're at odds with each other. And there's a lot of hatred, a lot of bias. 
And it's okay for you to have a conviction. It's okay for, for, for us. All of us have our convictions. <clears throat> but when hate becomes the premise of our actions, we need to align ourselves with the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, he calls us to align ourselves with the grace and the mercy of Jesus. And some would say that, uh, that they have brown pride. And others would say that they're white supremacist. And then others would say that black lives matter. And the gospel teaches me that God gives grace to the humble and that every life matters. That every person is important to you. And, and, and we all bleed red. And we all need a Savior. It doesn't matter what your ethnicity is. And, it, and, and, it doesn't, and I'm, I'm not saying that, 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 that these persons do not matter or these persons or, you know, should not be uh, proud of, of, who, of their heritage. But what I'm telling you is that Jesus calls us to a higher calling. And the higher calling is love. And for us to proclaim the good news, for us to rise above the hate, and reach the nations for the glory of Christ. You see, the letter of Romans reveals that every town and every city and every county and every state and every country and every part of the world needs Jesus. And maybe you're here today and God is calling you to say yes to Jesus Christ. I can speak that from my position as being uh, Hispanic and loving my culture. I can speak that from me loving my, my, my friend, uh, Billy, who's Asian. I can speak that from me having a wonderful relationship with Ken, who's African-American. And I can speak that from being married to Shauna, who's white. And can I tell you, it's a beautiful thing when you don't see color, but you see the heart that God has given us because I, don't, I really believe that it's not a, a color issue. I believe it's a heart issue. And we need the love of God to change our hearts so that we can love others the way that He does. The fifth reason that we need good news is that the purpose of the good news is for you to believe. Faith comes by hearing God. And faith comes through the Word of God and hearing the words of Christ. Paul said it, put it like this in his, in his introduction, we have received grace. We have received an apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith. The obedience of faith is a response to the love that God has for you. And here's the good news. God loved you. And God loves me. And when we were still sinners, when, before I was ever looking for God, God was looking for me. While we were still sinners, Christ died for you. And Christ died for me. When we were hating on a person for their color, when we were hating on people for a political party, when we were hating people for what they said, God was 
loving you. And it's only through the love of God and for us trusting in Him and His love that our life will ever change from hate, from a life of hate to a life of love. It's only when we receive His love that we can reciprocate that love to others. That we can reciprocate that love to our families, that we can reciprocate that love to our neighbors, that we can reciprocate that love to whoever He brings our way. Jesus said yes to me on the cross at Calvary. Jesus said yes to you on that same cross. On that same cross where he cried out, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He said yes. But there's a response that we have to in turn give to him. And we have to say, yes, Lord, I need you as my Savior. The Apostle Paul, when he said, I am a servant of Jesus Christ, he submitted from, from being an enemy of the cross to being a barrier of the cross, a carrier of the cross, he submitted to the Lordship of God. And, and, and that's what we need to do. Today God is calling you to say yes. Today God is, is, is coming and extending his love and his grace with good news. And saying yes is so easy. If you can say your ABCs, you can learn how to say yes to Jesus Christ. The A stands for admit that you're a sinner. You've got to swallow your pride. You've got to do away with your pride because usually we say, I don't need anybody. I'll do it my way. But our way outside of God is the wrong way. I did it wrong for many years, beloved. I lived in all kinds of chaos in my life. I lived in all kinds of biases in my life. I lived with all kinds of, uh, of, of just uh, uh, anger in my life and hate. But I admitted one day that my way was the wrong way. I admitted that I'm a sinner and that I needed a Savior. The B stands for believe in Jesus. You're, we put our trust in so many things. And have you noticed... In this day and age that we're living in, everything around us is failing. Everything around us is falling apart. But Jesus is faithful. Jesus is worthy of your trust. He will never let you down. The C stands for confess Him as your Lord and follow Him from this day forward. You have the power with your mouth to, to, to spill hate, to spill vile things, to call everybody no good for nothings, and you also have the power with your mouth to say, I need God in my life, to say, Jesus Christ is my Lord. Jesus Christ is my Savior. And there's power in our speech. There's power in our words. We can speak life and we can speak death. And if you confess Jesus as your Lord and you get on the path to follow Him from this day forward, your salvation is secure, not in what you can do, not in what you've done, but what He did for you on the cross at Calvary and what He did when He rose from the dead on the third day. So I want to lead you in a prayer. 
I want to lead you in a prayer of salvation. And I believe that many of you are going to say yes to Jesus. Many of you want to come out of hate, the hate in this world. You want to come out of the biases in this world. You're tired of all this. The Holy Spirit's working on you. He, he, he's, he's stirring your heart to come to God through Jesus Christ. And I would love for you to pray this prayer with me. It's simple. It's just say, God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for the good news. Today I'm saying yes to Jesus. Today I admit that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died for all of my sins, my past, my present, and my future sins, and that he rose from the dead. Today I receive his forgiveness and I confess him as my Lord and my Savior, and I choose to follow him from this day forward. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you something. That if you said yes to Jesus today, there is a party going on in heaven. And there's a party going on right here with me. I am excited. Us at Living Word Chapel, we're excited. I say this, you know, when we say yes to Jesus in heaven, they do the hallelujah praise. They, they raise the roof a little bit higher. When you say yes to Jesus, they do the, the cumbia in heaven, right? Maybe a little bit of salsa. I don't know what they're doing, but it's, it's very good. And we're excited for you. And we cannot wait to come alongside and, and, and help you on your journey. And if you did that, we would love for you to put uh, maybe the hallelujah praise hands uh, on your comments below. Just put those praise hands saying, yeah, I said yes to Jesus. Or you can comment and say, I said yes to Jesus today. We want to be a church that comes alongside on your journey of faith. We will never judge you. We will never condemn you. We just want to encourage you and strengthen you. And let me say this, that even if Living Word Chapel is not the church that you choose, some of you may be across the country. You may be in another state. Even if Living Word Chapel is not the church, you need a group of people to come alongside, a group of people of followers of Christ to help you and strengthen you and encourage you and celebrate with you all the things that God is doing in your life. There's a lot of wonderful churches in, uh, in the Oracle area. There's a lot of wonderful churches in the Copper Basin. And we, 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 we stand with them. We're, we're, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. But if Living Word Chapel is a place that you want to connect, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love for you to come and see us. Send us an email. Um, and, and just know that God loves you. He's got a great plan for your life. And I will be praying for you, especially if you comment so I know who you are and so that we can pray that the Holy Spirit will just fill you with the love of God. God bless you. Go in His grace. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.